Hi everyone, my name is Alex and I am the student minister here at Andover Baptist Church and it is such a privilege to be speaking to you all today on this Easter Sunday. It's been a fantastic service so far and I hope you're really enjoying it and today is a day all about hope. It's a hope that doesn't just start with the Easter story, but it goes back right throughout human history and it culminates in the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And in the video we just saw, it took us through that story in a really powerful and beautiful way. And it reminded us how the hope that is here on Easter is part of something much, much bigger. And actually it only really makes sense if we understand the bigger story that is going on. I wonder what sort of tale we've fallen into, says a rather curious but also quite anxious Samwise Gamgee to his dear friend Frodo Baggins in the epic adventure told by the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's been quite a journey for these two young hobbits. They've seen and encountered things they never could have dreamt of. They've left the safety of their homes in the Shire and now they find themselves in a dark land far, far away and they realise that they are caught up in a story that seems much bigger than themselves. Samwise's question is right on the mark. It's certainly a question that any reader or movie watcher might also be asking themselves as they see this story unfold. But I think actually it's getting at something much deeper. This might just be the most important question we ask ourselves in our own journey of life. I remember when I was younger, my dad encouraged me to read a book called The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, which is the prequel to the Lord of the Ring series. This is the exact copy I had. I've even written my name and school year in it. I think I was about nine or 10 years old when I read it. And I was totally captivated by this story. I loved it. But I didn't think much about it other than perhaps it was quite a dramatic fairy tale with all these sorts of strange creatures and happenings which didn't always make sense to me but they were intriguing. But I think actually something resonated with me within me that I was quite unaware of at the time. And it wasn't until a few years later that the Lord of the Rings movie series was produced. And I remember as I went to watch it, I was captivated again by the narrative but this time the story really spoke to me. I began to see the bigger picture that the author was trying to communicate. There was a bigger story unfolding, a story that I'd had a little glimpse of when I'd read The Hobbit some years before, but now I could see that this was just part of a greater narrative being told. Stories are amazing, aren't they? They do play a, a, a big role in our lives, especially as children. They're used to teach us, to guide us, to reveal things about life, to evoke our imaginations and our emotions. They fill us with a sense of awe and wonder. And even as we grow older, we're still drawn, aren't we, into stories that we find in books, movies, TV programs and series. I wonder if you have a favourite story, maybe a favourite book or a film, or maybe it's a book or film series. And I want you to think about that story for a moment. And I wonder what draws you into that story? What do you like about it? Is it a love story? Is there adventure? 
Is there something to be overcome, a challenge perhaps, or a goal to achieve? Is there loss? Is there tension or conflict? Is it a good versus evil type of story? Is there something or someone that needs saving? Does this story bring you hope in some way? I always find it remarkable in some of the films and books that become the most popular, there is so often this idea of a battle between good and bad. There are character or forces that want evil to triumph, and then there's those that fight for good and justice. And everything hangs in the balance as we journey with the characters in the story. There's often an epic quest or a journey. Sometimes things start out well. I think of Frodo and the Hobbits in the Shire. But then something happens. Maybe war breaks out. A tragedy occurs. Peace is broken. Paradise is lost. And then there's this pursuit to regain what has been lost. There's a pursuit for justice to be established, for love to triumph and for everyone to live happily ever after. And in all of these kinds of storylines, it's hope that keeps us interested. It's hope that keeps us going with the story to the very end. And so we, along with the characters, find ourselves on a journey that is part of something much, much bigger. Time and time again, it seems that we are drawn into stories that are telling a similar tale. But what is that story? What sort of tale have we fallen into? In his book called Epic, John Eldridge writes that our lives are part of a much bigger story. An epic, in fact, a tale which he describes as being made up of four acts. The first two acts we don't know a lot about. And this would be the kind of backstory to any film or book. And actually, it's the backstory to humanity. This is where God and eternal love set the scene. And it's also where evil enters into the narrative. You know, we don't know how these things came about, but we do know the world we live in and we know the context for our own story. And then, as John Eldridge writes, we get to act three. And this is the act that we are living in now. And it's the predominant story that we find woven through the pages of the Bible. It's a love story between God and his creation, God and humankind, who he made in his own image and who dwell together in harmony and peace. And we read about that right at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis, where we read about the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, where they are dwelling with God. And all is well to begin with. But then, somehow, evil enters the scene. God's beloved creation becomes corrupted and humankind chooses independence from God. And then this sort of love story becomes a tragedy as human beings walk a path that they were never meant to walk, a path that leads to destruction and death. And the world is no longer in this state of peace and harmony, but it's now full of conflict, strife, disease, decay. Things are not as they should be. But through it all, there is this central, piercing storyline about a God of love. A God who loves his creation, who loves humankind so much that he couldn't just leave them to walk off on this hopeless path. 
even though they've chosen it for themselves and even though God gifted us free will to make our own choices. So God does what only God can do and he sets a rescue plan in motion and he makes a way out for us. And that way is Jesus. God himself in human flesh. He's the son of God, proving to us that God is not distant from us, even though we may have pushed him away. We may have created that distance. God closes the gap and he chooses to come into this world. In the person of Jesus, God stepped into the messiness and the chaos and the brokenness of this world. And he took upon himself the consequences of human sin and evil in order to deal with it once and for all. And now in this epic story, we arrive at the climax of this third act where the events of Easter unfold, which took place around 2000 years ago. Jesus, by this stage, had lived on earth for just over 30 odd years. And in the final few years of his life, he's been traveling around with his closest friends and his disciples. He's been teaching people about God and God's kingdom, how, the, how people should live their lives, how to love God and to love others. But Jesus did not just come to earth to be a good example, a perfect example, in fact. No, he had a greater purpose. And he knew that his path would lead him, the most innocent man to ever walk the earth, to be arrested and to be sentenced to death by Roman crucifixion. And on Good Friday, we remember that dark moment in the story where it seems that somehow evil has prevailed, that death has the upper hand, the enemy is winning. We've placed our hope in Jesus, the son of God, as the, the sort of hero, the savior of the story. But now he is hanging on a cross, dying. This is not the type of savior we expect. And perhaps it's at this moment that we lose hope. We wonder if the sort of tale we find ourselves in does not have an hap a happy ending after all. I wonder if Jesus's friends and disciples were think, thinking or feeling that way at this very point in the story. And we find that, don't we? In so many stories or movies, there often comes that point where it seems as if all hope is lost, even if we know the ending. And that moment is very real because in many ways, that is the very real state of humanity. So much has already been lost and so much now hangs in the balance. And so we get to the morning of Easter Sunday today. Jesus, the son of God, has been dead since Friday afternoon. His body has been placed in a tomb and the entrance covered by an enormous heavy stone. And as we heard a little earlier from that wonderful reading from Josh and Ellie in Luke's account of this story found in the New Testament part of the Bible, we read that it's a group of women that go to the tomb early in the morning. These were women who knew and loved Jesus. Amongst the group, we're told there was Mary Magdalene, a follower of Jesus. Jesus had transformed her life in a most powerful way. There was a lady called Mary, mother of James. And there's even some speculation if this was actually Jesus's mother. And there was also a woman called Joanna. 
And it's highly likely from what we read earlier in the text that it was this very group of women who had been there when Jesus was dying on the cross. They had watched him die. They were there. And then it's these women who go to the tomb, not full of hope, but most likely full of sorrow and sadness. They went there to pay their respects and to prepare Jesus's body for burial something that they hadn't had time to do when Jesus was taken down from the cross because the Sabbath was fast approaching, which is a kind of religious holiday, a day of rest for the Jewish people. And so the women approach the tomb and as they do this, they see that the stone has been rolled away. The entrance is open, but there is no body inside. And instead they are met by these two men we read that they gleamed like lightning, possibly angelic figures, and the women were afraid. And I love this part of the narrative. These two men address the women with a question. Actually, it's a rhetorical question that changes everything. Human history hangs on this moment. And they say this, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified and on the third day be raised again. And then we read that the women remembered his words. They remembered what Jesus had actually told them before he had died. And they remembered that the storyline had been unfolding all along and they already knew the ending. But... In that moment, and in the darkness where hope seems lost, they forgot. Just as we can easily do, can't we, when we are so immersed in a story. Maybe it's the storyline of our own lives. We might come to that place where we lose hope altogether. And at this crucial part in the story, I think we can really sympathize with these women, can't we? What else were they to do? They'd seen Jesus die and their hope was now buried in a tomb. Maybe they hadn't forgotten what Jesus had told them, that he would rise again, but maybe their hope was just totally drowned out by their grief and their sorrow. And that's true in life so often. The reality of living in this fallen world where pain and hardship are daily certainties for so many, we might find ourselves losing hope maybe holding on to things that are no longer there, looking for the living among the dead. We hold on to the past rather than looking ahead to the future. And we forget there's a bigger story being told. And that's why the fact that Jesus rose from the dead is so significant. It's not only the climax of this third act, but actually it's the climax of the whole story. Jesus is our living hope. He is what we can cling to in the darkest moments and most painful times of our lives because he's the one who has been through the darkest night and through the depths of death and he has come out the other side. And his promise to those who believe is new life in him. And so we read on in the Easter story, not long after this scene at the tomb, Jesus appears to his friends and disciples they see and they believe that he has risen from death. Hope is finally here and it's real. 
And the fact that Jesus has risen means that death and evil did not have the upper hand after all. Instead, they've been overcome. They've been conquered. The battle is over and Jesus has won. And it turns out that he's been fighting for us all along. And though Jesus suffered greatly for this outcome, he loves us so much that he would pay the price for our sins by giving up his own life. And he did this to bridge the gap between us and God. And he experienced death in all its fullness so that we don't have to. And although we will all face death physically, that is one certainty of life. It means we don't have to face death spiritually. We don't have to be eternally separated from God. And this is where the story leads to us, to you and to me. This is where we find our own story woven into the bigger narrative. We might find ourselves at this very point asking ourselves, what sort of tale have we fallen into? And this is where we realize that we have a part to play, a choice to make. It's at this point in the story where we are invited to believe in what God has done for us through his son, Jesus. We are offered the path to eternal life through him. There is a final act to come, that fourth act, where God will put, put all things right and make all things new, where he will restore his creation and be reunited with his people forever. There is a happily ever after, and it's better than we could ever dream of or ever imagine. And the way is open to us all. But God won't force us down that path. He lets us choose the ending for the storybook of our lives. And I don't know about you, but I know what kind of ending I want for my story and the stories of the people I love and I know, my friends and my family. An ending which is actually a beginning. It's a beginning of a new story, a great story. As C.S. Lewis writes at the end of his book called The Last battle which is part of the Narnia series. It's a great story which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. So what sort of tale have we fallen into? Well, it is the greatest love story ever told. It's a story about how God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for the bigger story that you are telling us. This story that we find written throughout history woven through the pages of the Bible. And the greatest part, which we remember and celebrate this weekend, the Easter story, where you came to earth and you dealt with sin and death and evil for our sake and for the sake of the world. Lord, help us to see our part in this story, the choice we each 
can make. And I just pray now for anyone listening or watching for whom wants to take that step to believe in what you have done for us through your son, Jesus, that he died and that he was resurrected to life so that in him we have new resurrected life and a future hope for all eternity. Lord, I ask your blessing on them, that you'll open their hearts and fill them and overwhelm them with your love and your peace. We give you thanks and praise for the truth, the reality of the hope that is here this Easter, that you have made a way for us. We give you thanks and praise. Amen.